0: Appreciate it. All right. Hey, have you spent at least five minutes a day, five days last week reading or listening to God's word? Yes. Just spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda. Hold on a second before you answer that one. Somebody asked me this week, what does that mean? Because it's been a while since we did this. And I, I often try and like periodically in a little bit of elaboration on these. What I mean by that question is, is that oftentimes we come to God in prayer and we have a list or an agenda. And usually the way we pray is this. God, thank you for today, here it is, this is what I need you to do, amen, I'll see you later. And so we kind of give God a to-do list, and that's basically our prayer life. And God doesn't want to have a to-do list for us, he wants a relationship. And so when I ask if you're spending time alone with God this week with no agenda, that means are you just being with him to be with him because he's God and he loves you and you love him? And so like, stop talking and let God talk. That's what that means. So did you do that? Awesome. Do you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? So yes. say if you said yes to the last one, you should be able to say yes to that one. By the way, are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. Did you share Jesus with someone this week? Yes. You invite someone to church today. Yes. Beautiful. We have baptism into uh, July second. Just so everybody knows, you can sign up through the app. You can use that QR code that's on the back of the chairs there in front of you, and you can sign up that way. And uh, yeah. So as we're coming into Father's Day, I was asking the Lord uh, where He wanted us to go and what He wanted to say today, and uh, I, I just want you all to know that as we did this and I was praying, I was saying, Lord, you know, we've, we have a mess in our world today. You all know that, right? I mean, everything is a disaster, and the reason is, is because there's been an all-out assault, assault on the males of our country and the world. Now, you don't have to agree with me right now, but it's true. There's been an assault on men as a whole, and it has been relentless because the enemy doesn't like us, guys. He doesn't like anybody, but he despises us because we were created in the image and the likeness of God. And therefore, as God created us and made us, the enemy despises us. And so when we live in a world that is driven by sin... And the enemy is behind every agenda that would be anti-God, would be anti-male. Okay, so just everybody just chill, chill a little bit because I'm going to speak against some of our political ideas today and our social ideas, but I'm going to do it from a biblical perspective so that we can understand who we are. Because you see, as I was praying about this, I'm like, God, our whole culture is being indoctrinated with a constant message of lies and deception, and they're bombarding our kids to believe the lies of this world around us, and God has spoken truth from the beginning, and he is truth, and we need to speak that truth even if people are uncomfortable hearing it. Jesus spoke the truth always, and there were a lot of people who didn't like it, all right? I just want you to know we are speaking God's truth, not our truth, not our idea. It is God's truth, and it is truth. The lies that we're being told in our culture around us are crazy. Let me give you a for instance. If you're okay with this and if you're not, I just want you to know it's okay. I love you and you have to love me if you want to go to heaven. (laughs) On one hand, we were told for the last several years, trust the science, right? Trust the science. Four vaccinations and boosters later, Come on. We're still being told trust the science. And then when a baby's born and they have a male sex organ, we no longer trust the science. Instead, we say, we'll wait and see. Come on, I mean, let's, you can't have it both ways. And on one hand, we've been told lies, and there's evidence of the lies. Science once told us the world is flat. I know there's some nuts out there that are still, I guess, whatever. I mean, they're just nuts, but whatever. I mean, there were people that said that, but God's Word told us right in the Word that God sits upon the sphere of the earth, and He oversees it, right? So God told us in the very beginning, it's a round planet. All right, but we were not believing that because the science was saying it's flat, The science has said a lot of things, and the science has been wrong over and over and over again. Science put leeches on people's body to suck the blood out so they could get better. No, that's history. Look it up. Doctors did that. All right. So I am just trying to bring some truth to us to understand that I really don't care what science says. I care what God says, and when science affirms what God says, and it often does, then we should affirm that science, but when science goes contrary to what God says, then that's not science, that's stupidity. Okay, I don't care if they have a doctor in front of their name or not. So the devils let this all out assault upon the male, and... I may have my wife come out here at the end of this to finalize this whole thing. I I told her, be ready for whatever last night so she could sleep well. All right? So, So you see, the enemy's trying to destroy the image of a male because he wants to destroy the image of God, who is the father of all. And so if he can undermine a male and make him look ridiculous and stupid like he does on most sitcoms, then we can make God look stupid and ridiculous because we're in His likeness and image. The enemy always brings humor to packages lies at the beginning. Okay, many are completely confused on the role of a father and understanding God as our Father because they've been messed up by a father. Even in the Christian community, as we start a relationship with God, we oftentimes are struggling with our emotions and the difficulties of seeing him as someone we can trust, because we've never had a father we can trust. Some have never even had a father. And many in our culture have been told, you don't even need a father. You only need his sperm, and then you can have your own family. Either way, you can't have a family without it, just saying. There's some that had a father that was not even a real father, or maybe he abandoned you, or maybe he was the one that abused you, or he allowed abuse to take place. I want you to know this morning, whoever you are, wherever you are, that was never God's plan, it is not his desire, it was never a scenario he wanted for you. Sin created all that mess. Not God. He is a holy and perfect Father. Now let's just go back to a very beginning and look at something that tells us in Genesis chapter 2, so we get a little foundation of this. This is uh, God's Word. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper for... Let me... Can I just say something? I always kind of like joke about this in in marriage, the the weddings and stuff like that, but it's it's not funny, but it's somewhat funny. Like, if you leave your husband alone for any length of time, you already know it's not good for him to be alone, right? Okay. (laughs) So God had Adam down here doing a bunch of stuff, and he's like, dude, man, you need help. (laughs) So then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Yeah. All right. So let's stop talking negative about our wives and women in general, because God said, I'm going to make a helper that is just right for him. She is exactly who you need. God's amazing. As long as God's in the middle of it, if you're doing it, you're in trouble because you're not going to make the right choice. Verse 21, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. So see, God already spelled it out for us in the very beginning. He's like, look, here's the deal. Like I was just speaking uh, to Alex and and Adam here. Like there's a little window of time, but guess what? He's going to have his own life. He's going to leave you and have his own life as God intended. All right. So parents stop trying to cling and hold on and try and create the relationships for your kids. Let God work in their life and leave them alone. Just love them. Yeah. Let them have a life. You need to. All right. And this is what God tells us. He's like, look, this is the way it's been from the beginning. God himself, we talked about sex last week, week before, maybe both weeks. I don't know as far as like the two became one and they're united as one. And so there's this spiritual aspect of the relationship of a man and a woman, which is why you just don't sleep around because you can't do that and be right with God. And that spirit has to remain faithful to God and to one another. And so God created this thing perfect. And the reason why we're jacking it up so much is because we have lost the reality of what that even means. We don't even understand what it means to come together as one. Even in marriages we're separated. And as we're looking at God's word, he's trying to tell us something. His design and his intention was that a man and a woman begin a covenant life together with him. See, and when we don't include God, then we already are in trouble and it won't work. It can't work. So this is the basis of a family unit. One man, one woman living life together, having a family. It doesn't mean everybody has to get married, so just relax. It doesn't mean that God didn't say every human being should get married. No, some people can live single. It's fine. The Apostle Paul said, hey, man, if you can live that way, that's even better because you can be all for Jesus and not be drawn away by anything else, right? So that's okay. It's very few that can do that, by the way. All right. Now, let's take the next step in understanding who the Father is and what he is by looking at God himself. If you've been around this church for any length of time, you already know that we read the scriptures in 1 John 4, and it says that God is love. So it doesn't mean that just God loves us, but that he is love. So his very being is love, right? I mean, it's, God's word says this. Let me read it for you. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You can look that up in the Greek or any other translation you want to, and everything is written the exact same way, stating that God is love. Not that God loves, but that God is love. Therefore, he loves, right? Okay, so when we step into this New Testament Christian church, and we're looking at that, we have lost the full aspect of God because we've just focused on God as love. And the problem with that is, is that we don't understand love in our culture. We've talked about this many times. I'm not going to dwell on it here, but we have jacked this up so bad that like, we love hot dogs. We love cars. We love sports. We love our dogs, we love our guns, we love whatever, but see, God is love, and so when we say those things and then I say, oh, I love God, well, what do you mean? Is he a hot dog? (laughs) Right? For real, I'm saying, you know what I mean? What are we expressing when we say we love God? And so usually, if you listen to what I was just saying, that I love this, that, and the other thing, I'm saying I have a desire for these things. So I'm looking for that. So I'm looking at it, and it creates a feeling in me, emotion, and all that kind of stuff. And so the idea that our culture has presented to us is that love is an emotion, it's soft, it's touchy, it's feely, it's feminine. But see, love is actually masculine, because God is love, right? So let's stop, like, rejecting that fact. I mean, I know people that their father never said, I love you in their entire life, and it's like, what in the world are you doing? Come on, guys. You seriously can't even say I love you to your own kids? To the woman that produced those children with you? I love you. That's the heart of God. And so now as we look at this and I'm like, Lord, there's something about this that we need to see in the fullness of who you are because we see that God is love, but do you know that God is also a warrior? He is. He is. See, in our cultural view of things, we would never picture a warrior as love. So let's just put in your, the image of your mind, let's just look at the cover of the uh, CD of uh, the 300, right? You see that guy in all of his armor, and he's, you know he's ripped muscularly, and he's standing there, and we look at that. we see warrior. OK, God's a warrior. But we would never put that picture on a Valentine card. Unless there was a joke inside, right? Seriously, but you have to understand this is who God is. God is warrior, God is love. That's who He is. He is God, He is all powerful, He is almighty, (laughs) He's amazing. So I'm going to read some verses that make some people uncomfortable with God, just so you know. Here it is. God made a covenant with Abraham. His people are there. He's trapped in in Egypt. He's leading them out. Pharaoh's been oppressing them in slavery. And thank God for tomorrow as we celebrate Juneteenth. Seriously, it's a day that everybody should celebrate that freedom, that fixing the sin of our nation's past and the freedom of the slaves. Yeah, it's something we should celebrate, church, for real. That is the day that everyone should celebrate. Now look, we're going to talk about this, how God set Israel free from the bondage of Egypt. They've been oppressing his people in slavery and God sets them free. And then as they're out there in the wilderness, you know the story, they get backed up to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's like, man, we should have never let them guys go. We got to do the work ourselves. Let's go get them. He's trapped. They've trapped themselves by the water. So his whole army comes out to pursue them. You know the story, you probably watched the movie. (laughs) Moses holds out the rod. God makes the wind blow all night long. Stands the water on end. Israel walks through on dry ground. They get to the other side, and by the way, his spirit stood between them all night, it says, keeping the Egyptians away. He's awesome. God had a plan. He's like, you're gonna do it my way or your way? It's your choice, but here we go. Israel's over here, right? Okay, so. Here's the part that people struggle with. Pharaoh, like the Spirit of God, moves with the Israelites over here. Pharaoh says to his army, let's go get them. And they go into that water. Well, they were going on dry ground at first. And then God's like, I've had enough of you. Whew. Swallowed him up. The entire army killed him. God is a warrior. God is love. God's a warrior, and he swallowed that entire army. Yeah, man. So here's the cool thing. Watch this. In Exodus 15, Moses, their leader, it says this, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God. I will praise him by Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Yeah. <laughs> when God steps up and he crushes your enemy, you'll know he is a warrior God. And you will celebrate and sing just like the Israelites did. It's amazing, isn't it? So he is love. He is a warrior. He is not a different God in the Old Testament than the New. We're talking about the very same God. So we just keep reading the scriptures, right? Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's offices are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. You know, like, I don't see this one being played on Caleb. All right, but this is a song of God's people, right? I mean, we can't deny it. It's in the word of God because these people were seeing God for who he is. And as we look at this, they keep on singing. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. The enemy boasted, I will chase them and catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword. My powerful hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. You raised your right hand, and the earth swallowed our enemies. With your unfailing love, you led the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. Man, that's an awesome song right there. (laughs) All right. So, hey, you know what? We don't have to be real comfortable right now. It's okay. I want us to see the truth of who our God is. So let me, let me just share my prayer with you. I am praying daily for our political leaders. I'm praying for our president, our vice president, the House, the Senate, our governor, the House, the Senate of, of Arizona, uh, Mayor Romano, and the city council. And here's my prayer. God, bring them to their knees or crush them. I mean that in a good way. I don't care what party they're affiliated with, I'll say the same prayer if the other party takes, you know, the, the oh, I don't care. We need God and we need leaders that get on their knees and follow his ways because we haven't had that. We have a bunch of self-serving people that are in offices that do not care about our God. And look, we're going to pay the price as a nation because God doesn't mess around. And when we mess with him in his name, he will crush us. It's biblical <laughs> god our father is loving he is kind he's compassionate he's our protector he is righteous he's truth he's forgiving he's patient and he is kind but at the same time he is strong he is determined he is a disciplinarian he's a warrior he is the final word in judgment no one can stand against him church no one can defeat him he is our offense he is our defense. He's our solid foundation. He is our all in all. He's our God, he is our father. You can trust him. Yeah. He's all that. We need to trust him. Remember Samuel, we were talking about him and all that. He, man, he's an awesome guy. Read him. Read his accounts. They're in Judges 1st second Samuel. Check it out. Anyway, 1 Samuel 13, there's this young man that's stepping to the forefront in God's kingdom. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Oh, so wait a minute. In the Old Testament, God still wanted obedience? Yeah. And guess what? King Saul was so humble when he became king. But he became arrogant and full of himself and thought he was the man. And so God removed him. And so Samuel, being the man of God, spoke to the king of the nation and said, you're done. God wanted to do great things with you and your, your descendants. But because of your arrogance and your disobedience, you're done. Well, that's, Samuel's a bad dude. Stepping right up to the king and just telling him what it is. Saul could have had him dead right there, but he just tells him flat out the way it is. Listen, here's the next verse. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. You know who that man was? He was a little boy named David, a shepherd. That even his own father didn't invite him to dinner when the the prophet came to the house. God says, I see the heart of that young man. Guess what? David was a warrior. (laughs) And he said, God himself said, I am seeking a man that has my heart. (laughs) So if he's a man after God's own heart, and he was a mighty warrior from his youth... God, having rejected Saul for his disobedience, embraces David and leads him to the throne. Now let's look at a familiar story that the world knows. That story of David and Goliath, a loud-mouthed giant cursing Israel, cursing their God by the false gods. Now Goliath had been a warrior for the Philistine army for many years, and he made a challenge to the whole army of Israel saying, you just pick one guy to come out and fight with me. If you win, we'll all surrender. If I win, you have to surrender. And he's been doing this for 40 days. And then David's dad calls him in from the field and says, hey, I want you to take some food and stuff to the general, the army, and your brothers that are serving over there. And David's there just bringing some cheese and food for the guys. And he hears this loud mouth, and everybody runs to their tent hiding. And David's like, what is Who is that guy, and who does he think he is? Right? Man, we need a little bit more of that in the church. I'm just saying. Who is that guy, and what does he think he's doing? Because he was cursing God and the God of the armies of Israel. And he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We're God's people. You don't do that. So then he's talking all this, and his brothers are like, hey, shut up, little boy. Go on over there. And he's like, no. No. I'm not, I'm here to, I don't like this. And so they like tell the king, like, hey, there's a a guy over here that's talking smack about Goliath. He's like, I'll get him in here, man. I want to talk to him, (laughs) right? So he comes in and and Saul's like, you're just a boy. What are you doing? He's like, let me tell you something. This is so cool. I wanted to read this to you because this is a heart of a warrior and a boy. Don't worry about This Philistine, David, told Saul, I'll go fight him. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by a jaw and club it to death." He's like, dude, like, what's the problem, right? I love this. Listen to what he says next. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. (laughs) The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. May the Lord be with you. (laughs) You're like, I'll probably never see this kid again, right? I mean, that's in his mind. Then Saul gave David his his own armor, bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, took a step or two to see what it was like, and he'd never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. I love this. You see, People always try and prepare us for what's coming and all we need to do is trust God. Yeah, anyway, let's keep moving. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Yeah. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied today. The Lord will conquer you. Isn't that awesome? David didn't say, I'm going to kill you. He said, God's going to bring you down. Now I'm just going to be the vessel. Listen to it. He says, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Yeah. And then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Yeah. is he awesome, man? I love it. No wonder God was telling Samuel, go anoint that boy. We got to get him to the throne, man. Yeah, check it out. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and he hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. Yeah. Church, I just want you to know, he just knocked him out. Listen to God's word. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, used it to kill him, and cut off his head. Yeah. Prophetic message, right? You know, I'm going to kill you and cut your head off. You didn't even have a sword. says that, right? But he told him before he did it, I'm going to cut your head off. And so he took that sword out, stabbed him, whacked his head off, raised it up and said, now what do you got to say? No, he didn't say that. All right, anyway. Church, stand with God as our father, and you will not be defeated. Come on, man. He is a victorious king. He's amazing. Your dad may have failed you. He maybe never stood with you. When you stand with God, he will always stand with you. He is a father we can trust, he's a father we must surrender to. And guess what I'm going to put in next? He's a father you must obey. <laughs> He will whack you when you need whacking. He will hold you when you need holding. He will always forgive you when you ask forgiveness. He will always love you regardless. He will always stand in truth and will never compromise that truth. God is truth, and He won't compromise it. He's not here to make us comfortable with our ideas. He is who He is. He's God. And He is a good, good Father. Now, as we come to this moment, I'm going to ask you this in our action steps. Have you received the Father's gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ where you could step into a healthy relationship with Him and begin to understand what it is to be with Him and understand the role of a father in your own life that you might live to the fullest what God has intended? Yeah, have you done that? Would you stand? Hey, brother, would you like open that door? I would need my wife to come out of the cafe. She's in there praying, I know she is. <laughs> Please, Lord, don't let him call me. <laughs> come on, mama. <laughs> I call her mama because when the kids were little, they started calling her Kim like I did. So I'm like, no, she's your mother. And so I started calling her that back then and kind of have every once in a while still. So she knows that, yeah. My lovely bride. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to ask something of you this morning, if, if you would. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, if you're ready to step up, be with me, the man of God that he died to make you. I'm going to ask and invite you to come forward. Guys, any, any man, if you're on the campuses, I want you guys to respond as well. Come forward, Please. Everybody, Village of Oak Creek, Gospel Rescue Mission, if you're in your home, wherever you may be, step up, man, step up. Guys, I just want you to be right here before Almighty God. I love it. Man, one thing that God has blessed this church with is a bunch of men. Seriously, man, it's not... Yeah. I love you guys. Super proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you Jesus. I'm going to have my wife pray a blessing over you guys. As men of God and warriors for the kingdom. I'm just going to ask her to bless you. And I'm going to agree with her and then I'm going to have a little bit of a prayer at the end of that, okay? I'm just going to have her speak. Go ahead, baby. Heavenly Father, I <laughs> So grateful for each of these men that are here today, Lord. I speak your peace over each one. I ask God that your blessing will fall over each one of yes, them, God. God, that they would move into the things that you're calling them to move into, Father. I pray that you would give them your Holy Spirit and give them the strength and the resolve to be the man that you have called them all to be. Yes, Father. sir. Yes. And I am just so grateful for every one of these men here today, Father. And we're just, we just say thank you, Lord. Yes, we do. for your empowerment, your strength, and your wisdom over each one. In Jesus' name. Yes, Yes, Lord. Gentlemen, if you haven't been a good father, ask forgiveness. First of your father, and then of your kids. Repent, seriously. Man, if you're screwed up, you're screwed up. You screwed up you can not change that, but you can do something today. Just ask the forgiveness. That's what you gotta do. And step into the role that God has called you to be the man of God today. Step into that role as a warrior for the kingdom. Begin to be proud that you are a man of God and that you're walking with the creator of the universe and that he is empowering you to be what he made you to be. Man, have his heart in you. Like, don't take it from the enemy. Stop cowering away, guys. Step up. Be the warriors on the front line that God has called us to be, that we might take this place back and give it to God the way it's supposed to be and chase the enemy and make him run. Let's leave those carcasses spread across the field as we stand up as men of God and warriors of the kingdom. Let's be them men, okay? Hey, guys. God, we're asking you to bless these men. With a heart like yours, to know when it is time to be kind and compassionate, forgiving and gracious, but also to know when it's time to strap on the sword and step up and be the warrior that you've called us to be, Lord. We stand against the enemy. We rebuke him in Jesus' name. We recognize that our victory is in you, God. It's not in us, but that we have victory because of you, and therefore we stand in triumph over the enemy of our lives. We will not back down, we will not fail, we will not walk into the truth of the lies of the world, but we will stand in the truth of God and God's word and who you are, and Lord, we will be your warriors and lead your army to victory. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise today, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, God bless you guys. Yeah, happy Father's Day, have an amazing day.